Hey guys, and welcome back to Thought Load the Search series. This is part two, focusing on the video, Who Are You? Now, just like last time, if you have not watched that video yet, please stop and do so. Link to that video, as well as all of the other ones, will be in this description, as well as in the other ones. So, to recap the last episode, you know, we asked the question, what do you seek? Right, And the, the clear answer there is that we're all seeking happiness. Everything that we do, every decision we make, every path that we want to follow, it all boils down to we think the end of that road will give us happiness. We do this because it's going to make us happy. And so then we ask the question, is there more to life than what we're doing, than just simply existing on this planet. And so that's where the journey of the search begins is answering that first question of, of what do I seek and knowing that that's happiness. Now we can ask the second one is who are you? Who, who am I? And wow, the opening to that video, uh, is just, to me, it's incredible. I mean, not only are these things so well done and, and Chris Stefanik is just an unbelievable, uh, narrator, uh, of these, of these films, short films, but, uh, the way that they opened that was um, amazing. I mean, you take a look at how big the planet is, how many people are on this planet, the size of our galaxy, all of the other galaxies, the universe, everything. And as he says, it's really easy to feel extremely small and we are small in the grand scheme of things but the next thing he says is so important is oftentimes we confuse that feeling of feeling small with insignificant and we are not insignificant you are not insignificant we each have a greater purpose as to why we are here on this planet. I, I refuse to believe that we just, it was all happenstance, right? That, that we're existing together on planet earth, uh, where a lot of the other planets to our knowledge are uninhabitable. Everything happened, uh, for a specific reason to allow this planet to be habitable for us, for humanity. And, just the the whole butterfly effect kind of scenario that that he references there is from the moment of that big explosion that big bang where matter expanded in in space that asteroid that rock was already set in motion to hit at the exact time in the exact right place as he points out if that thing hits a second or two later it's in the ocean and nothing really changes. Now, obviously, I don't, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I don't know uh, if anything would change there or not. But it, everything, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that our life is no accident. We are not here as an accident. Right? We are extremely significant. And confusing that with feeling small uh, is, is the first, first step to remedying that. And so moving on into the video, getting into, 
you know, our human brain, our body, how all of that works, the difference between body and mind. Uh, they give great examples, great interviews there with physicians of neuroscience, the artists that they talk with, and the psychologist that that's back again. I believe that was in the first the first video there. I mean, it's all it all points to that we are we are made for something more. We are not just our biology on this planet, right? Like there is definitely that X factor, that that spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it, uh, that that makes up our individual existence. It's not just cells, right? That that make us up. And I mean, hearing hearing that stuff, obviously in this well produced video. Uh, just really drives drives home those things of just there is that pure separation between what our brain does without us knowing and our mind, what we use it for to imagine, to create, to inspire, to do, you know, all of the other things that we're capable of of doing, you know, being, I believe they use the term uh, rational animals. Um, because no other animals really to our knowledge can think like us. They, they can't make those rational decisions. They can't weigh risk reward. They can't, uh, choose and have free freedom of, of what their life looks like. Um, and maybe to a certain degree that, that they can do a few of those things, but, um, we really are the only rational animals that, that we know of. And having that separation between brain and mind, I mean, the the interviews with the artists and the the composer, uh, I mean, if you take a step back and you think about it, how does one's just biology or their matter or their their collection of cells make them feel like they have to create this piece of art? They have to write this song. Where do, where does that come from. I mean, that that's all in the mind, right? I mean, the neuroscientist tries to talk about measuring our ability to, or, or sorry, quantify, I guess that's kind of the same as measure, uh, our ability to imagine, you know, how awesome would that be to, to be able to see and look at that and, and going to when he was talking about doing the open, uh, or sorry, awake, brain awake surgeries. I forget the exact term. Uh, I apologize for that, but where the patient is, is awake and he touches something or does something with their brain while he's doing surgery that makes their arm move or their leg move or, or, or do some sort of involuntary action where they realize they did not, they did not initiate that movement. Right. So there, there is definitely clear separation between our physical self and something else. And just when you understand that, I think that really starts to change the perspective for the next videos moving forward is that, okay, what do I seek? I'm seeking happiness. Who am I? I am a a being that was put here for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. It was no accident. I am significant. And there's a part of me that exists beyond this physical body, right? And it's hard to be able to say with 1 million percent certainty 
what happens when we die? Do we, I mean, there, there's so many possibilities, right? But knowing that there's something else to us rather than just our collection of cells, to me, that is, it, it's very impactful. It's very, uh, it changes my perspective on how I want to live, you know, this, this life. I read a great uh, story today on, on, uh, I believe it was Facebook and I forget the, it was Martin Farrell, I believe was the guy who wrote, I've never heard of this gentleman before, but the story that he lays out, it was a simple question. It was why, why do dogs live shorter than humans, right? That was a simple thing. And, and he was a, he was a veterinarian. Um, and basically he had this family come in, this dog that they had for a long time had cancer. Uh, initially they were going to, he was going to have to put, put the dog down. Um, and so he had the family in there, uh, for the last time, you know, this, this child was petting, petting the dog for what seemed, you know, which was going to be the last time. Um, and then as he, um, put, put the dog down, you know, dog went peacefully to sleep and, uh, he was surprised that the, the child was, um, wasn't, you know, l losing it. Right. He, he seemed to just understand the situation. And, and so he was perplexed. So he asked, he asked him the question of, of, you know, are, are you okay? Or, or what are you thinking? And, and whatnot. And he, he said, and of course I'm paraphrasing here, but the child said to him, which, which really surprised him was that, was that he believed that we're all put on this planet to learn something we're we're supposed to learn how how to exhibit selfless love care for our neighbors uh run to those that we care about when when we see them every time when they get home you know the the usual examples you know the usual things that dogs dogs do right is us as humans and animals are put on this planet to do that. And he, the child simply was saying that the, the dog is already born knowing how to do that. And so they don't have to be here that long to finish their, their learning uh, or their education in that area. As to us, we're, we aren't born knowing that we have to learn that. And so he was totally okay with it. And this, this doc, this, this veterinarian was totally taken aback and uh, it totally changed his, his outlook on, on how he needed to live life. Just understanding that it's like, yeah, this, this is a journey that we're on. We're, we have to ask these questions, right? I just I love that, that story right there. Just happened to stumble across that today. So I felt it, felt it was really fitting. Um, and obviously the rest of the video is fantastic, but um, obviously you guys have watched that already. Uh, I don't need to harp on <laughs> any more there, but, um, to finish up here, I do want to tell another quick story. Um, as I do think it pertains to this question of, of who am I and maybe more so of, of who am I supposed to be and who was I, who was I created to be, you know, what am I supposed to do kind of thing? And it's a story that David Goggins tells in his book, Can't Hurt Me. Uh, for those of you that don't know who David Goggins is, he's a freak athlete, nature, inspiration to millions, uh, former Navy SEAL, um, 
uh, he's just incredible. His stuff on Instagram is hysterical and it's extremely motivating and it, it's awesome. So check, check him out if you haven't heard of him, but his book can't hurt me was phenomenal. And one of the stories he tells at the end of the book is the one thing that he was afraid of. And now, so to give you a little background on him, where he started before becoming a SEAL, he was over 300 pounds. He was an exterminator going into, you know, rat infested bars and restaurants at late at night, uh, trying to fix, you know, those problems. Um, and he was extremely unhealthy, you know, what wasn't happy, you know, all, all the typical things there. And, and to, to shorten the story here, he, he saw a, a SEAL commercial and, that kind of, you know, started the the spark to change the rest of his life. But so what he tells the story in his book, the one thing that he was afraid of was when he died and he he's a Christian. So he believes that he would go to heaven, obviously doesn't know exactly how it'd pan out. But this is the the image that, that he paints in the book is that when you get up there, there's obviously, you know, there's the gates, gates to heaven. God's standing there and there's this big, big line of people, right? And one by one, you know, he's sort of at the back of the line. He's walking through and he would eventually get closer and closer. And he could start to see that there was an easel that that God was standing next to. Uh, he couldn't quite see what was on it, but as he got closer and closer, he could start to see uh, some different names, pop up with, with some, some bullet points and, and whatnot. And, and finally it was his turn to sit down. And this, this would be if he, if he had died without changing his lifestyle, without changing his life, without becoming a seal, uh, and do move on and do all the other great things. So he sits down, he's starting to realize that these, these bullet points were, um, what, you know, attributes of what, what people were. And so he sits down and he sees his name, you know, Dave, David Goggins starts reading, um, ultra marathon runner, Navy SEAL, impactor, uh, or influencer of millions, uh, positive change in the world, you know, all these, all these great things. And he like looks at that and then he looks over at God and he's like, God, this, this isn't, this isn't who I am. Cause he's sitting there, you know, 300 plus pounds exterminator, David Goggins. And all God does is he looks over at him and says, I know, but this is who you were supposed to be. And man, when I when I heard that, I, I had listened to the audiobook, so I got to hear him read that. And wow, I think that that story alone motivates me. On uh, I would like it to be a daily basis when I think about it. But I mean, could you imagine if if that's actually what happened, and this there was a perfect plan for you of what you were supposed to do, the person that you were supposed to become, but you just, you didn't ask the questions. You didn't do it. And so make sure you ask those questions, make sure you do that. And, and to finish off with a CS Lewis quote here, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Thanks for listening, guys. Drop us a review if you love this episode and we'll catch you next time for part three. Take care.